0: What a great time of worship this morning, isn't it? Aren't you so thankful for the talent and the gifts that are used by our worship team this morning? Give them a big uh, give them a big hand. We appreciate that. It's such a an awesome privilege to come in each Sunday morning and just to experience uh, just a tremendous time of worship. Just to be drawn into the presence of God. These words to fill our hearts, to fill our mouths, and to 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 help us voice our praise to God. Uh, what you might not know is on a you know you come in here on a Sunday morning and you hear this great uh, this great worship, but do you realize that these songs are picked out like sometimes a couple weeks in advance, sometimes you know some things the week of that we're working on, uh, like chord charts and and uh, different parts are are loaded into a, a website where the the singers and the musicians can learn their parts and rehearse those things, and then on the week of they uh, they they come here on a Wednesday night. And they spend an hour or two, and they're rehearsing and running through the songs. And then on a Sunday morning, while some of us are still just waking up and getting coffee and getting ready in the morning, they're already here, and they're rehearsing and they're running the, the, the songs through. All that just so that we can have two, three, four songs on a Sunday morning that we get to worship to. Isn't that awesome? That, all that that goes into that? Yeah. But it's not only them. It's not only them. At the same time, our, our the, the behind the scenes, we've got those that are working on, you know, back there on, the, uh, you know, on our audio and our tech and our video. And they're here. They're preparing. They're setting stuff up. They're getting microphones and batteries ready. They're working on the cameras to get the, you know, to get the angles and the shots and roaming cameras. And then we've got the production team in the back. And they're making sure they're following through everything so they can send it out on Facebook and on, you know, on a YouTube and on our website. And they're preparing these things and getting these, these things ready. A lot goes into this. Isn't that awesome? Give them a big for, for what they do each and every week. But even before you get here on a Sunday morning, there's people coming in and they're setting up and making sure the doors are locked and the bathrooms are clean and the parking lot's ready and, and that they're ready to host you and to welcome you. And, and this morning I was talking to, to Bert. Have you guys noticed Bert before? Anyone seen Bert before? <laughs> Bert's probably the most well-known person here at the church. Bert, right? 25 plus years here at the church, and he's asked him this morning, he said, yeah, I've been doing this you know, mostly for the last 25 years, and uh, he says, it's, it's my purpose. He says, that's why I get up every That's why I come here on Sunday. It's what God's given me to do we've got greeters and hosts. We, this morning as I walked through the building, there were different groups that were meeting, different life groups that were gathering on Sunday mornings. And did you know that there were those that lead those groups that are preparing a lesson to teach and they're working through the materials and getting that ready? And they're, they're getting, people are buying donuts and bringing coffee and creating community. And groups like that that happen throughout the week, people that are serving and giving and making life and community happen in this place. And then this morning I walked upstairs and I walked through the the park kids area and and there's teachers in different rooms and those that are working in our park kids area, they've got the room set up for a theme, it's called community garden and so they've got this garden theme that's going on and they're they're preparing some fun crafts and and activity in the student lounge and the 45 room, there's kids playing, there's people checking these kids in and they're here early, they're getting things ready on a Sunday morning, they're working throughout the week to to get those lessons prepared. And then we've got Sunday night, we've got our student coaches that are, that are getting ready, our, our student ministry team that, that connects with students and meets with them outside of here, and they, they lead their small group discussion, and there's a worship team that rehearses and practices for the students as well. All these things are going on throughout the week, and so many other things, from reaching out in the community to connecting with missions partners and home buddies that, that visit those that are shut in, and, and we've got all kinds of things that happen. Why am I sharing all of this with you? Because I want you to know there's so much more that goes on that comes that that all comes together to be the church. And as we're talking about in this series, that we are shaped for a purpose. This is what we need to understand. What is our purpose? Can you say like Bert, when you get up on a Sunday morning and he comes to church saying, This is my purpose? His purpose is to greet people, to welcome people, to create a warm environment, to be a dependable person, somebody that's there, and it's just a beautiful example of using one of those gifts and talents. And so we think about nearly 8 billion people, or I think that's the number, right, on planet earth, and God has made you in a unique way, and he's, he's shaped you for a purpose, and that's what we're talking about in this series. We're looking at this key verse in Ephesians 2, verse 10, for we are God's masterpiece, Right? Remember that you are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. Have you ever sat back and thought, God, what are those good things you planned for me to do long ago? And then the next question is, am I doing those things? Is what I'm doing, is that what you have planned for me long ago? Because we want to be able to do and and fulfill our purpose. We talked last week as we began to look at this is that that you are to live with a purpose that that God has made you with with intention, that he created you. You're a wonderful masterpiece, a workmanship. And he said, I want you to be part of this great story, this great narrative that I'm writing to to redeem the world, to bring wholeness, to bring goodness, to be those people that, that help others establish a relationship with God and experience the fullness of life in this world. That's what you get to do, and you know what? I'm not just going to ask you to do that. I'm going to equip you to do that. I've written a special role and a special story just for you, and I'm going to give you the tools to do that. I'm going to give you, I've shaped you as we've been talking about. Remember this? Do we need to go back? Do we need to go back to last week? Let's review. Let's review, okay? (laughs) Some of us, it takes longer than others. This is for me more than anyone. No, we're talking about God has uniquely shaped us, right? All these different shapes, this toy that we learned way back when. We have a unique shape, and God has shaped us for a purpose, and we're trying to discover what is that purpose. And if this purpose is the world, or if this is the purpose is the church, where do we fit? And if we don't know our shape, we're going to try to fit somewhere where we don't belong, and we don't feel fulfillment in that, and it feels uncomfortable, and and we just kind of go, I don't know, I don't think this is what I was made for. But then when you find that place, when you find that spot, and you go, ah, this is God, how you made me, I'm comfortable with that, I own that, I've learned it, developed it, and now I'm going to find my spot, and it's like, it fits and it works. And so what is your shape? And that's what we're gonna be looking at, i would said, these next three weeks, is lear- really learning our shape. What is that shape? There's five components that make up our shape, and Rick Warren developed this, uh, this simple way of us looking at how we are made. Rick Warren, well-known pastor, now recently retired, still huge influence in this world. And just these simple five things. Our shape is our spiritual gifts, our abilities. Wait, that's not how you spell shape you don't spell it S-A. Come on, you guys are not even with me. You didn't even ca- I have to catch my own mistakes up here. Heart, <laughs> it's our heart shape. See, I, we got to go back to basics. This is for me more than anyone else. So spiritual gifts, our H is our heart, which is also our passions. Then we come to the A, which is our abilities. And what comes next? P, thank you, help me out here, personality, right? And then E is our experiences, And these five things together comprise our shape, and they are a clue to helping us discover our purpose. God, why am I on earth? What have you put me here to do and accomplish? And when we know our shape, we're already most of the way there, right, to discovering our purpose because there's a unique fit to us, and so we have to learn this shape. And so what I want to talk about today is I want to talk about spiritual gifts and abilities, I'm going to go out of order in these letters over the next couple of weeks, but I wanted to link these to spiritual gifts and abilities because I don't think we always get these, uh, understand either the differences or how they relate. And so we talk about spiritual gifts and abilities. And so um, i want to define them for you, and then we're going to jump into each of these. So, the, so when I talk about natural abilities, our abilities, right, natural abilities, these are aptitudes you are born with and that you develop into skills and talents. So you see that and it's in the DNA, it's there and it comes out in people and we d- develop them and it's the skills and talents that, that you all possess today. The spiritual gifts, are, these are a special ability or abilities that the Holy Spirit gives you after conversion for building up the body of Christ, the church. And so as we're looking at our shape, we're going to look at spiritual gifts and, and abilities and how do these relate? How are they similar and how are they different? Let's start with Abilities natural abilities. I think this is one that we can understand a little bit easier. Romans 12 verse 6 says this, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. Now in this chapter in Romans 12, he's talking about our spiritual gifts, but I think this applies to all the gifts, all the things God has given us. As we talked about last week, you were made with intention. He designed you a certain way. Everything about our shape is part of God's design and plan. And so he's given you a different gifts, different abilities to do certain things well. And so as we're looking at this, we have to understand as we look at our abilities, one of these things is that God is the source of our abilities. This is something that's easy for us to forget. And we think, you know, we discovered it, we earned it, we put it. God began to put something in you, in your DNA, to give you these, these, these abilities that you get to develop then and, and turn into something, turn into something for him. And so we go, God, thank you for, for giving us these abilities. What are some of these abilities? In the Old Testament, um, there, when we read Exodus and we think about Moses and the, and the, the Hebrew people, one of the things that we uh, see in a, in a chapter described is they had this tabernacle. And so it was the moving place of worship. It was a, a tent and a place that they had, but they also had these different items for worship. And, and here's a picture of the, what, how we imagine the Ark of the Covenant looking, right? A pretty ornate Piece that, that that carried the Ten Commandments, and they would they would carry this whenever they went from place to place, and and the priests would carry that ahead of the people, and but it all had to be designed, and there were other aspects, you know, whether it was the, the lampstand or whether it was the, the garb of the priests, and it all had very intricate details, very ornate things that were described, and and of course this stuff had to be made. And so we actually read about how was this made and who made it. We read about it in Exodus chapter 35. It says this, "The Lord has filled Bezalel with the spirit of God, giving him great wisdom and ability and expertise in all kinds of crafts." He is a master craftsman, expert in working with gold, silver and bronze. He is skilled in engraving and mounting gemstones and in carving wood. He is a master at every craft, very talented, right? And the Lord has given both him and Oholiab, and son of Ahizamah, of the tribe of Dan, the ability to teach their skills to others. By the way, if you're looking for baby names, always a great source in the scripture. <laughs> Actually, I thought Oholiab could be kind of neat. You could be like, Oh, H, Oholiab. That would be kind of fun. Um, that works here in our state. <laughs> but we digress. Oholiab is very talented. The Lord has given him. Actually, every time he'd go to spell his name, how do you spell that? O H, and then everyone would yell I O and be like, No, no, no! It keeps going. The Lord has given him, given them special skills as engravers, designers, embroiderers in blue, purple, and scarlet thread on fine linen cloth, and weavers. They excel as craftsmen and as designers. I mean, isn't it cool to recognize that the Bible understands this is a gift, this is a talent, there's something there, and this is to be used for God's purpose in a beautiful way, and so they're using their skills and their talents, not just for themselves, not just that they have these gifts, but it says they were teaching them to others, and they were passing that ability and that skill and developing that in other people to create some amazing, beautiful things that honored God in the church and in worship, and I think about that today. Do, we know, do you know that we have our own Be- Bezaliel and Oholiab in our church? We've got lots of them. But one of them is named Gary Rutledge. Some of you that have been in the church for a long time, you know Gary Rutledge. And uh, here's Gary. And Gary is, uh, I think, a mostly retired architect, still doing some architecture, and, uh, and has now devoted his time in, in other ways as well. And as we were going through this, this Renew project and, and looking at all these different phases and stages and we, we, we you know, sought Gary out for advice, to speak into that, and one day, as Roger and I were meeting with him, he just said, you know what, I would uh, be honored to take on the job of project manager for this whole thing. And I'm telling you, I didn't even realize to the extent of what a gift that has been. Uh, the, the amount of time and hours and work that goes into that, but to developing, you know, everything from dealing with, with contracts and contractors and negotiating different, different rates and fees and scheduling it all together, and every week he'd come in with a new Excel spreadsheet for here's the timeline, here's where all these things that have to happen, all these things that need to be done, and here's the cost, and here's the budget, and here's who's coming in. But not only that, then himself, you know, grabbing, grabbing the saw, building and developing, unleashing others to do that. And so we see gifts and talents able to be used. Gary, thank you so much for that. And all of you who are using, yes, give a round of applause, who are using your gifts and skills and talents. And that's just, that's just one, one area, that's, that's one way. So the question for you is when you look at your natural abilities, what are you good at? Simple question, what are you good at? Now, Some of you humble, uh, I'm not good at anything. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good at something. Don't compare yourself to other people. Just for, for yourself, as you look at your own life, your own skills, what, what, there are some things that you are better at than other things, not necessarily compared to other people, but you, for, for yourself. You're, you might be better at, at fixing things than at cooking. That might be one example, right? Or you might be better at numbers than, than words. You might be a better organizer than you are a creator. And, and so you just look at, what, what am I good at? And sometimes I think we look at ourselves and we don't understand or maybe we don't see or think we're really good at anything, Or maybe, you know, is that really considered a skill? But what you can look at is, and you can ask this question, and I want to ask you, what do people ask you to help with? That's always a really good indicator. What do you get invited to? When does somebody say, hey, can you help me with, or do you mind whatever it is? Can you help me fix my car, (laughs) right? I need some help with this recipe. Mom, I don't know how 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 to make this. What is it that you're you're being asked to help with? All different kinds of areas and skills. Are you good at drawing and creating? Are you being asked to sing or, or play an instrument? So many different things. Maybe you're athletic and you have good advice on health and fitness and can help somebody with that. Maybe it's math. Maybe it's English. Are you good at planning events, giving speeches, fixing cars, building a deck, replumbing a bathroom, writing software, creating a website, customer service, managing people? What are the things you are good at? And what do people ask you to do? This is an indication of your abilities, the natural abilities that God has given you. But here's the thing, they may be natural abilities, but here's what we need to know about abilities. They need to be discovered and developed. You may be born with some of these things in your DNA, but yet those things have to come out, don't they? They don't just magically appear. Think about somebody in their DNA. A baby is not born as a six-foot-nine athlete, right? Somehow they have to get to that place first, but it's in their DNA. They didn't choose to be, or, you know, what height they were. But just because, you know, maybe a certain person is six foot nine doesn't mean that he's a great basketball player either, right? You still actually have to develop those skills, and maybe that's not even a talent that, that's there. You know, you can be a great cook, but you didn't start out by cooking a five course meal. I think about my, my younger sister. She's seven years younger than, than me. Her name's uh, Manuela. And uh, she. Has, uh, we discovered early on. All of us kids, we took piano lessons. That was something we all did in, in our house, and it was kind of a, a grind for me to do that all the time. And uh, you know, going through 11 years of piano lessons, I think I'd have more to show for it. And but for her, seven years young, she just jumped on the piano and was quickly learning stuff and was quickly excelling. And I remember, like we'd hu- you know we'd hum a tune, or she'd hear like some kind of theme song on TV, and even at a young age, she'd sit down and just be able to like she'd hear it and she'd play it, and, and it was like. Wait a second, so let me just hum a note and see if you can find it on the piano. So I'd be like, hmm, she'd go to the piano, boom, boom, first try, I'd know exactly where it is. Or I'd be like, all right, now the other way. I'd blindfold her and have her turn around and be like, now I'm going to play a note anywhere on the piano, you tell me which note it is. Boom, she'd tell instantly. Well, she's got perfect pitch. Did she develop that? I mean, there's, you can come close, some people can learn some of that, but that's something she was born with. Now, that didn't make her instantly a great musician at everything, but she still had to study, and she went to uh, a music conservatory in Zurich, and she's got her own music studio, and, and she teaches music. It's something that was developed. It was in her, but it had to be developed. And so we have to discover our gifts. And I remember sometimes what's kind of fun to think about is you may have a gift, I may have a gift that I don't even realize yet, a talent yet that I've never even discovered. Have you ever thought about that? There might be something that you're really good at that you've never even done before because you've never tried. And you might be awesome at it. You might be able to develop into that. I had a, when I was a youth pastor, we didn't have a worship band. And so I wanted to start a worship band in our church. And so I started identifying some students and beginning to pull some together on different instruments. And I knew how to play the guitar a little bit. So I found this one student that was interested. His name was Scott Dietrich. And Scott, was a, he was a super smart kid, and he kind of got lost in numbers and theories and stories, was, and it didn't really strike me as, a, as an artist or a musician in that way, but he picked up the guitar, and pretty quickly, he just kind of gravitated towards it. And it was in no time that he passed me up, which didn't take a whole lot to do, but he was then became the electric guitarist in, in, in our band, and I thought, he never knew. How would you ever know that that was the gift until he actually picked up a guitar, tried it, started it, gave it a little bit of time, and went after it. I had another friend who really wanted to play the guitar. He picked up the guitar, and he bought a guitar, and he's been taking lessons for a long time, and he still likes to play, but you'd never ask him to play in a worship band. (laughs) You know, it's good for him. It's good for his own personal (laughs) enjoyment. It's not in his DNA. So you think about talents that, that, that they're in you, but you still have to have those come out and be developed. So discover those talents, discover those abilities, and develop them. But God has given them to us. But here's the thing about our gifts and our abilities. God gives us the freedom to use our abilities however we want. So that's the nice thing about abilities. He's saying, well, God's given them to you. How do you want to use them? Do you want to leverage them just, you know, if you're, again, if you're a musician, do you just want to play at home? Do you want to play for the church? Do you want to make it a professional career? How, how do you leverage your gifts? How do you use those talents? You can use them in your career or you can just use them as a hobby, you can use them on the side. Or, again, how do you leverage them? Do you leverage them for business and for making money, or do you leverage it for the kingdom of God? Right? I mean, you can use your gifts in a lot of different ways. Again, you can be an architect, and and you can design churches, you can design hospitals, or you can design casinos, or you can design, you know, whatever. I mean, how do you leverage it? Where do you want to put those gifts and those skills? God gives us that, that freedom to say, you know what? Use your gifts for what is good. Use them for the kingdom of God. And when we discover right? Our abilities. That's when we begin to think, okay, hey, God, how do I want to use them? And, and it's our abilities that's often the first place when we think about u- utilizing our gifts for the kingdom of God in the, in the church. That's probably the first thing we think about is, what are you good at? What gifts do you have? That's why sometimes people will ask you, you know, to, to serve in a certain way. Oh, I see that you, that, you know, that you're really good with kids. You want to serve in our children's area. Man, I saw the way you're connecting with teens. Do you want to serve in, in, in our student ministry? Oh, man, I heard you singing. you got a beautiful voice. Have you ever thought about singing, you know, in the worship team? Or, oh, in your, in your day job, you're really good with, with, with tech and technology and whatnot. Hey, can you serve in that area? Or you're a leader in, in, in business or in your company. Hey, do you, do you want to serve in leadership in the church? So we think that's one of the first places we go is abilities because we see them. They've been proven in our lives. And, and so, yeah, we can leverage them and use them for the kingdom. So we get these abilities and that God wants to use them. Now, when we move to spiritual gifts... It gets a little bit more like, okay, what are, what are spiritual gifts and, and how are spiritual gift, gifts different? I don't, I don't really get spiritual gifts so much. So, again, let's look at the difference again. I'm going to put the definitions back up. Natural abilities are aptitudes you're born with and develop, right, into skills and talents. Spiritual gifts are special ability the Holy Spirit gives you after conversion for building up the body of Christ, the church. So there's a couple places in the New Testament where spiritual gifts are specifically talked about, and one of those is 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and I want to read a couple verses of this uh, passage for you here to help us understand spiritual gifts. So Paul writes this, now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us. So they had questions too, and he said, I don't want you to misunderstand this, so even back then, right? I, I, what are spiritual gifts? I don't quite understand it. I, we don't quite get it. So he says this in verse 4 There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. So the first thing we need to understand here is God is the source. Just like He gives us uh, our natural abilities, when we come to faith, God also gives us some spiritual gifts. And he's the source, and he decides, and he distributes these gifts. And so we can't be like saying, I, want the, I, just, I go after this gift. No, you either have it or you don't. God's going to give it to you, or you don't have it. And so God chooses. And then he goes on to describe this. He said, verse 7, a spiritual gift is given to each of us for what purpose? So we can help each other. First of all, why do we have a gift? See, spiritual gift, this is, this is your talents you can use for others, and that's great. You can use them for yourself, but a spiritual gift is given so that you can help each other. And when you're not using your spiritual gift, guess what you're not doing? You're not helping each other. And so what is your spiritual gift? It's there to help each other. He says, to one person, the spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the one spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. So there's all these gifts that that the Holy Spirit is giving out. And then in the next section, in in that same passage, he goes on to describe the the church as the body of Christ, this body, like a human body with different parts and different members and arms and hands. And he's saying, look, all of us have a different and and unique function, like a pinky or an eye or an ear. And he said, all of us have to work together. The spiritual gifts are given through the church for all of us to work together to accomplish what God has for us. And so if you have committed your life to Christ, If you've accepted forgiveness from Jesus, if you said, you know, He's the Son of God, you're committed in faith saying, Jesus is my Lord and Savior, I want to live for Him, and your eyes are open spiritually, and your heart has been renewed and restored, I want you to know something. You have a gift. Congratulations. You're gifted. The Holy Spirit says when you come into the church, when you come into the body of Christ, that I will give you the Spirit. I will give you a gift. And so none of us can say here, I don't have a gift. I don't have any way that I can serve in the church. I don't have any way that I can build others up. And the church is not just the local church. It's the larger church. It's that the church of the body of believers. But where we live it out so often and primarily is in a local body. How do you use those gifts? So, what are some of these gifts? Now, some were listed in that passage. There are different passages in the scripture. Uh, and so we don't have a definitive list, like these are all the gifts, and then then you know, and then there's more. But here's a here's a sample of, of some of the some of the gifts. Do we so we we're not gonna have a chance to go through through all these, but you, you look at this list. And maybe for you as you start thinking through already, is this maybe a gift that I have? Is this maybe something God has given me? The gift of administration. Now you go, is that really a spiritual gift? We see throughout the Bible there are different times God has called people together to organize the work and the ministry of the church and of the kingdom. And that's a gifting that, 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 that God can give. Apostleship. Any of you guys got the, have the gift of apostleship? You might feel like, oh, that's a little, is that still a gift? That seems a little weird. Uh, we don't call anyone else an apostle. Well, apostleship is just the ability to basically have the entrepreneurial wiring in your DNA for the kingdom of God. Whether that's to start churches or to start a new ministry, to step out in faith and to say, I'm going to take people to begin a new work. That's the gift of apostleship. It's just maybe in a language that we wouldn't use today. We talked about craftsmanship or creative communication. When we think about like the arts, when we think about everything that's done in media and, and, and uh, you know, in, in the arts and creating and design and, and music. The gift of discernment. Do you have the ability to to hear when somebody speaks, is this of God, is this not of God? What do I need to to understand in this place, in this space? The gift of encouragement. Man, if you have the gift of encouragement, rise up! (laughs) We need encouragers, don't we? To use that gift to, to just something that God has given you that you just have a way to surround people and speak life and to speak truth and to speak hope into them. That is a gift that God has placed inside of you. The gift of evangelism. Now, you, some of us might say, with a lot of these gifts, we have the responsibility as believers to do a lot of these things. But when we have the gifting for them, something else begins to happen. It doesn't mean if we don't have the gifting, we don't do evangelism, we don't reach out to others, we don't share the hope. But when we have that gift, it it seems like God provides unusual opportunities, and when we are in those opportunities, we have a confidence to speak and to talk about the hope that we have, and it seems to resonate with others beyond our own ability. That's the gift of evangelism. You see others coming to faith. The gift of faith. Man, how needed is that in the church? People that just aren't, you know, we've got the realists. We can't do this, can't do that. I mean, we need people who, who, who look at the real situation, who have the gift of administration, who can organize, but we also need those with faith who can trust and who can challenge us and who can move us and and just have this ability to believe God can do what God is going to do. The gift of giving. Do you know that's one of the spiritual gifts that we see in the Bible? There's just a spirit of giving that when you give and you have that generosity that God seems to put you in places where you just love to invest and give and things happen through your giving and through your generosity. Now, Does this mean that only those with the gift of giving need to give? No. We all give, we all learn, we grow, but when it's a spiritual gift, something else begins to take place. We look at these gifts of helps and mercy, shepherding, some of these care gifts that this, God's given you this gift to come around others, to provide care, to provide support. You, you have an empathy that just seems to be given from God in a different way. You know what somebody needs and you know how to address it, you know how to, to be in a situation. We think about a gift like, uh, like intercession to be able to pray. The gift of knowledge. Meaning like you just have this hunger to learn and to study and and, and it's just the way that, that God begins to work through you. The gift of teaching, the gift of leadership, so many great gifts, the gift of wisdom. What gift do you have? God has given you a gift if you are a believer, if you've been part of the church because his purpose is to build up the church with these gifts. So as we've said here before, but your gift is specifically for building up the church. First Peter Verses 10 and 11 says this. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well, here it is again, to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. Where I think spiritual gifts and natural abilities are different is that I think with our natural abilities, our, our talents, there's like a one-to-one ratio, that the better you get, the better your impact. It kind of just goes in that, in, in that level. And, um, but but there's, the, there's like this one-to-one ratio. But with our spiritual gifts, I think it's like a, like a 2X and 10X kind of multiplier. That, that's like a one-to-two or one-to-ten ratio. What I mean is like the output, the results, the fruit of what is happening far outweighs your own natural ability. And I get to experience this at different times where, like, okay, I put a, I put a message together the best I can throughout the week to study and to prepare and to share it. But I feel like as it goes out and as it gets shared, God does things that are beyond just these words on a page, just these things that, that God has put in me that God speaks through and through his Holy Spirit. And it's just one of these places where you go, God, just multiply what you do. And it's an awesome feeling to be in a place where you kind of go you know, or, or sometimes the blessing that I get to receive is some of you saying, wow, that spoke to me today, or when or, you said this, and, and it really touched me, and I'm, honestly, sometimes I'm like, I don't think I actually said that. Like, that happens sometimes. I'm like, you heard that, but I don't think I actually said that, but God bless you, because He put something in your heart. He's multiplying it beyond what sometimes is said, and God does that in different ways. You can play an instrument, or you can sing, but when you use that gift, God seems to do something else through that. It's a multiplication factor where we just see that, that power when you're praying with somebody. You have that gift of intercession. When you have that gift of evangelism, it's more than just the conversation. God seems to work through that. You have the gift of working with, with students or the next generation and pouring into them. And it's not just, hey, I, I did this thing, I chaperoned an event. No, you poured in, and some way you have been in a trans, you, you've had a transformational impact on this person's life. God is using you in your spiritual gifts. It's not just that you can administrate and organize something. That's a one-to-one ratio. You organize it well and it leads to this. But when you have the spiritual gift and you use it, it gets multiplied and some amazing, powerful things happen together. And that's why we need all the gifts because an unused spiritual gift in the church leaves a void. And God designed us to be a body working together. This is one of the best things I love about spiritual gifts. When you use your spiritual gift, you feel God working through you and beyond you. This is why my heart and desire is for all of us to know our shape and discover our spiritual gift and say, God, how do you work through me? Because you begin to feel the joy, you feel the blessing, you feel God working through you, and it's a wonderful thing. You guys uh, maybe remember the, the, the story, or at least the movie, um, uh, Chariots of Fire, it's going back a little ways, 1981, some of you will have to go back and, and watch it, and uh, remember the scene? Come on, come on, hum it together. Do, 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 do. do, do. Anyone? Okay, some of you who have no idea what this movie is are just going, I don't get it. All right, well, it's, <laughs> it's a movie about some, uh, some guys running in England back in the early 1900s. And uh, one of those runners, his name is Eric, and he was the son of Scottish missionaries to, to China. And he had full, he was, he was a Christian, and his heart and his calling was to go back to China and to be a missionary. That was his plan, and he was going to study and, and, and go and do that. But while he was back in school in England, he discovered, or in Scotland, he discovered that he was, um, that he was fast, and that he was a good runner, and that he had, had a lot to accomplish there. But the running often conflicted with his faith and with timing, with events and meets on, on certain days, you know, things that happened on Sundays. It conflicted with his studies, and, and his, his sister began to kind of give him a hard time about that and saying, like, look, you're, you're going to be a missionary. What are you doing spending all your time running? You've got a bigger purpose than that. You've got more to do than that. And here's how Eric responded to her. It was just so powerful. He said this, I believe that God made me for a purpose, but he also made me fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. When we use our gifts, when we use our talents, when we use our abilities to, to serve God in the kingdom of God, through the church, in the opportunities God gives us, we feel God's pleasure. We begin to get a glimpse going, ah, this is what I was created for. God, you're doing something through me. I'm part of the story that you're writing. I feel your pleasure in that. And that is a, a feeling. That is a purpose that I want every one of us to experience. What are you good at? What has God gifted you in? What can you develop? I want you to take a listen to this video of uh, someone you're going to recognize here in our church.
1: You know, I feel like we have you know, the resurrection power living in us, you know, we have the Holy Spirit living in us, and so who are we not to go and share that with anybody that we can My name's Noah Burris, and I'm 19 years old. Uh, I'm the worship coordinator here at Meadow Park. You know, I feel like God's always moving in my life, and through just kind of the past couple months and weeks, you know, I feel like I've grown more mature in my spiritual life, you know, and I feel like God is just giving me opportunities um, to just share my faith and share my um, passion for you know Jesus and uh, spreading His word. One of my buddies who got fired at the company that I worked at last, um, I had went and found a new job, and he had texted me saying that you know he got fired and um, he just wanted to thank me. And he's like, you know, I never felt loved and appreciated by anybody but you when when we when we worked there. He was just like, and I know that you're a Christian and you believe in God and you believe in Jesus and. He's just like, I felt, you know, that love, you know, I felt God's love when I felt Jesus' love through you, even though you never preached, you kind of told us what you believed, but you never, like, were preaching to us, telling us that we were sinners and that, but he's just like, through your love, through that, you know, I really felt, uh, you know, closer to God, and he told me that he's going to start um, trying to, you know, follow Jesus and kind of has kind of put, and he and he had a pastor in drugs and, um, And he's kind of going down a better path than what he was doing. So that's been the coolest thing to see. And that's really where I'm seeing God most is, you know, just opportunities coming. And I don't think they're coincidences that, you know, people are coming up to me asking me if I believe or, you know, at my new job, you know, they're starting to hear that I work at a church and I preach. And, you know, so just God's really just throwing just people in my way that I get to um, talk to and minister to and love on and just let them know that they're loved and they're cared for by God. I to kind of find my spiritual gifts, and the biggest one being kind of the evangelism part, through just talking to people. I feel like everybody has evangelism. You know, that I feel like that's kind of the commission for us, is to go out and, you know, make disciples and go and spread the good news of Jesus. But, for me personally in my life, obviously I have the public speaking, um, you know, opportunities that I get to have, but also just living at my job that's outside of the church that, you know, I just, it, I don't know how to say it, like, it, they're just natural conversations, you know, it's never anything forced, like I never feel like I have to feel uncomfortable about sharing my faith or that, you know, I make people feel awkward, you know, all the conversations that I've had have just been so easy going. And they've just been quick. They've never been this long, just six-hour conversation about Jesus. They've just been, you know, five minutes here and there. Or people asking me, hey, I know when we talk about that, I have another question about that. So I feel like that's when I've noticed, you know, well, I'm actually using, you know, my gifts to actually, you know, impact people and change people and get people thinking about God. When we go and when we're uh, commissioned to go and share, you know, the gospel and the good news, you're bound to find people that are going to give you pushback. And the thing that I've learned is that all we're called to do is love. And all we're called to do is put it in front of them. And you know, we can't change people. Nothing I, nothing I do is ever going to stop someone's addiction or it's ever going to stop someone's you know, sin. It's Jesus that's going to change them. All we're called to do is love them and care for them. Know that you've accomplished what God's told you to do and kind of just find the next person. If I had to help somebody develop their spiritual gifts or give them advice, my biggest thing would just be using our spiritual gifts and following God's will is the most rewarding thing ever.
0: been really fun to be a part of watching Noah continue to develop those gifts and as we've been blessed by that through preaching and through the worship but also as we get to hear his stories uh, of impact just in, when he's in his job outside of the church and just using those gifts what are your gifts? How do you know? Again we are called to, to develop those gifts to discover them and to develop them and so a couple of just pieces of advice here or, or, or next steps that I would challenge you with one is do some trial and error If you're not sure, begin, try, figure it out, lean into something, volunteer, serve in a certain way and see, does this fit, does this work? Am I beginning to experience God working through me? Do I feel like this is is a good place for me? Have conversations with others. Again, others can see things in us that sometimes we can't see in ourselves. Lean into those voices when you're being asked by someone, hey, I see something in you. I was wondering if you might be able to help out with that. Because it's not just about what you're giving up, it's about what you receive when you are in that place. But we also want to let you know very, very specifically here that um, that we have created a tool for you that is really important through this shape uh, process. That we would love every single person here to take some time to go through. We're going to put up. I'm going to put up a QR code here. Normally, you can put your phones away or we'll do whatever. But take, take your. We will also have a picture of it on your way out. But take a. Don't actually take a photo of this. If you've never used the QR code, use your camera app, and then a little yellow thing will go around the QR code and touch the screen where this little thing is. And what it'll do, it'll take you to the shape assessment. We've created an assessment for you that will help you go through and discover your S-H-A-P-E, all those different areas. And so you need about, you know, take about 20, 25, 30 minutes maybe at the most in one sitting and go through that and it'll help you discern what those are and to discover more about who you are. It'll give you a picture, a snapshot, something you can look back and, and say, yeah, does this make sense? And it's also an opportunity for you then for that to be linked up with opportunities of serving that we have in the church that align with some of those giftings. And so it's a great tool that, again, we just would love for you to do that so that you can take this. And then talk about that in your life groups. Go through and say, hey, what, what, are, you know, what were your top three spiritual gifts? Or talk, you know, Let's talk about some of the abilities that, that you indicated. And you begin to help each other, and we'll see, God, where have you placed us? How do you want to use us? So when we think about that, uh, again, want you to 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 do this, but as I look at the overall picture, as I think about living with purpose, man, my heart and desire is just for you to see the picture, to be a part of that and I imagine that as a church, it's one of the one of the one of the greatest blessings that we have is when we as leaders, as pastors get to watch the church activate their gifts. that's you. to begin to come alongside and serve and to see you pouring in and to be uh, knowing that. When I serve, I feel God's pleasure, to use part of that quote that Eric Little shared. I want you to feel that. I want you to experience that because I believe what God can do when we all find our place, when we all find our purpose, when we serve in that way, I'm telling you what what Meadow Park's going to continue to be able to do. The impact that we're able to have among each other, in the city, in this community, in this world is unstoppable. And it's how God designed the church. He gave you a gift. He gave you some abilities. Let's use them to serve one another. How are you using them for the glory and for the kingdom of God? We'd love to be a part of that journey with you and experience the power of all of us living out our purpose, knowing our shape, and honoring God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word and this promise. God, that you care enough about us to involve us in your mission, to give us a purpose in this world, to empower us through our talents and abilities, through spiritual gifts, God, that that just seem to have a supernatural impact when we leverage them. Because it's not just us, it's you working through us. Father, help us to be open vessels to receive what you have. Father, that your Holy Spirit would work through us, would show us, would reveal these things to us. God, help us to be open. God, help us to be open to opportunities, even as Noah shared to the people around us that, that need your hope to share with confidence and with joy. Father, guide us through your Holy Spirit. Build us together as your people and as your church. We yield to you. Come and speak in Jesus' name, amen.